Okay, got a very fun episode today looking at gambling. We're going to go over some season bets. This is probably my most favorite thing to do before a season kicks off. Now I'm joined again by Darcy Emery for an official three-peat of appearances on the pod. So Darcy, welcome again. Cheers, mate. Now, season lines, sort of fascinated with how these betting agencies come up with these numbers because we spoke about it before recording. It's very tight. They, they definitely get the science right. There's a reason why they sort of make money and, and we sort of lose it as, as gamblers. But if we're to sort of pick some over-unders for season wins, is there two that sticks out to you for the East? All right. I think you're right. This is the favorite part of the year when you're looking at how teams are going to kind of stretch out through the season and where they're going to finish and what the playoff matchups are going to be. It's, it's, it's very exciting. And for a season like none other, I reckon it's just made it even more difficult. And they've put it down to 72 games. So now I'm adjusting how many wins I actually think that is. It, uh, it was quite difficult to pick these two. I looked long and hard at, um, at your team, at Philly. I think um, 42 and a half wins, that's, that's half a win less than what they had last year. And I think anything worse than last year's regular season would be a capitulation. I'd be I'd be very surprised if they didn't get 43 wins. I think they have a chance to be one of the best teams in the East. So that's that's paying 173. So you know not not a lot of value. But when I saw Milwaukee to just to get 51 wins at almost two dollars, I thought that's an absolute lock. They had 56 wins last year. They've been winning 50 games for the last three seasons. So I think an over for Milwaukee at 50 and a half is pretty much a lock. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, well, the Philly one I obviously agree with, so we don't need to really go over that too much. But the Milwaukee one is definitely interesting. To get 51 wins, they've definitely upgraded their starting lineup, but they have lost a bit of depth. Uh, so that's the only thing that does kind of worry me. I think depth is crucial this season out of any. Mm. 51. I think it'll be close. I think that's going to be really close. You'd have to have your nuts on the ground if you really wanted to take the under for that Milwaukee thing. You'd have to have some serious balls. Yeah. And I, it's something that I don't, I, I don't have. I, I can't do it. I, I think mm. if there's any sort of year that the Bucks drop off, I can't see it being this one just due to the moves that Milwaukee made. They, they have a sense of urgency right now. I'll quickly give out mine for the East. Mm. So Boston will start with 44 and a half. Uh, I have the under. Over. That's a sur- oh. I have yeah. Whether that's a surprise to to many or not, being a Philly guy, I think the losses of Haywood want to make a canter. They'll actually be felt that the Kim the Kemba injury is just concerning. There's there's yeah. so many question marks surrounding how long will be out, uh, how quickly it'll take him to get back to full health when he will be back. Obviously, minutes mm-hmm. restriction won't play back to backs. I think the Celtics do end up with something in the range of early 40s, but I just can't see him eclipsing that 45 win mark. And so I think that probably puts him fifth seed, most likely sixth seed. But yeah, the, mm. the under for that, for that Boston for me. And the second one in the East is Charlotte. And I've gone the over with 26 and a half. So yeah, cool. they added Lamelo, added Gordon Haywood. That's huge to a team that competed so hard every night last season. And I looked up how they went last year. They won 23 games actually, actually after right playing 65. Year. Yeah. So look, out of yeah. the 65 they played before the stoppage, they won 23. So if you sort of try and simulate that to be a similar season to this, if they played another seven games last year, 
would they have won four out of seven? I mean, maybe not. They could have won a couple out of those last seven games. So if you sort of say they're at the 25 win mark, could they get another two wins this season with Lamelo and Haywood? And the only real loss is Batum? Not out of the question at all. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of think that with all those additions, the worst case is a 30-win team. And yeah. what I had on the unders on the, on the East was actually I had, I had the Knicks to not even win 22 games. I just think they're going to be really, wow. really bad. Yeah. I think that's pretty much a lock. Like when I looked at their roster, you know, and I did, just didn't back it, trust any of their players to put any buckets up. So I think the Knicks won't even get over 22 wins. When, um, when I look over at the West, pretty much gone the same way. I've gone with a team who probably should do really good and I'm expecting to do well. And we talked about them in the last pod. I think Portland are basically a lock to win more games than they did last year. They won 35 and the Lions got them at 37 and a half. I think three extra wins shouldn't be a problem for them with this added depth that they've got. And obviously they had injuries at the beginning of last year. Like they didn't have Nurk at all. And to have Nurk healthy and fit, ready to go, I reckon 37 wins is easy for them or 37 and a half. I reckon for sure they're going to get that. And then um, at the bottom end of the West, I think the Thunder, I think they're ready for a complete drop off. Like I don't mind a couple of their players. I like Shea Gilgis, Alexander. I like Danilo Gallinari. But I just don't think that that team actually has the drive to want to win games. Like, they'll be there maybe all the way to the fourth quarter. But in regular season games, I don't really see the Thunder being a threat to win many at all. 21 and a half, I'm going on the under on that. Yeah, well, I second you with the Portland. I agree with everything you sort of said on that front. It's very hard to see them not. Did you say line was 37 and a half for Portland? 37 and a half. 37 and a half. Yeah. It's, it's, I think a worst case scenario, they end up with 40 wins as well. So I, I love that. I love that over. And then with OKC. Yeah, I, I do agree. I, I think it's hard for them to be able to eclipse that 21 and a half. It's more likely than not that they sort of just boost the trade value of guys like Al Horford and ship him off at the deadline. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they were able to get some sort of asset from a desperate team in February. Okay, so unfortunately here, my mic stuff's up again, just as I'm about to give out my Memphis over 31 and a half. Basically, I love that because I think Ja Morant's going to take another step. The team is motivated after coming up short last year, getting bounced in the playing games by Portland. I think Morant can carry them until Jaron Jackson Jr. gets back. And so I really love the over 31 and a half there. I think Memphis will be very much in the hunt for the playoffs again this year. And now you'll see when we go back to the pod that I jump straight into talking about Sacramento 27 and a half. And I love the over for that as well. So hopefully no more issues with the mic. I picked up a new one today. So this is the first recording I'm making on it. Hopefully it sounds better and fingers crossed no more issues in the future. Back to the pod. They got up and down the floor. They were all about pace and they actually won 39 games that year and finished the ninth seed. So last year they had a drop off, but the year before they were really impressive and what I like about the crew they have this year is Luke Walton's lead assistant is Alvin Gentry. And if we know Gentry from his Pelicans all days, that. he's all about pace. And mm. I think if you give the ball to Fox, you just let him run, utilize his speed. You've got sort of the big men who can run the floor. You've got Holmes, you've got Bagley. You can then find guys like Buddy Heald. You can find Barnes on the wing to hit down shots and then you sort of have a more reliable bench now as well. If you sort of look at it, the new draft pick, Tyrese Halliburton, he's about as solid as it gets. And he could improve as the season goes along and even push for a starting spot. 
Bialicha is mm. another guy that's pretty reliable and he can hit threes. And then sort of the emergence of probably Kyle Guy as well that we've sort of seen in the preseason. He he sort of come along. He was a second round pick. I think it was mm-hmm. uh, not last, not just the draft that's gone, but the the draft prior. So I think similar to Charlotte, it's kind of a worst case scenario for Sacramento that they win 30 games. So I, I really mm. do like the over 27 and a half of those. So what do you think about the Memphis and Sacramento picks? I like them. I like them a lot. I think, um, yeah, it's a testament to how strong the West is, I guess, with a team like Phoenix popping up the board, it looks like potentially making the playoffs. You think, oh, of course, that means Memphis have got to take a drop down and same Sacramento. But I don't think either of those teams have got worse. I think um, losing Bogdanovich hurt Sacramento a bit, but I'm, I'm with, similar to my brother, I love Buddy Eald. I reckon he's so good to watch and he is dynamic, like such a such a class shooter. And obviously Fox, he's now locked up under contract. He's got no worries. He's going to go out there and play as hard as he can, try to probably earn a little bit more money by making an all-star team. I think that's probably a big goal for him. I really like Rashawn Holmes. I don't know if you saw, he threw down a massive dunk in the preseason. Like he is, he is lethal in the pick and roll. Um, yeah, I really like from what, what I've seen from Halliburton. And I've been big on Kyle Guy as well. I um I actually would follow a little a couple of the G League scores throughout the season last year. And he was a guy putting up, you know, 50-point games in the G League, like hitting seven threes pretty much every game. And obviously, you can see in that Warriors game, guy can shoot the hell out of the ball. So, yeah. that'll transfer great to whenever he's on the court in the NBA. Um, yeah, so I, I like that for Sacramento. I, it's not a lot of wins. They could be really, really competitive, you know. I don't necessarily think they'll be a playoff team, but they'll be super, super competitive. And just to get around 30 wins, I think is easy. And um, who would you rather Memphis? Memphis, yeah, 31 like and a half. Yeah. If, if you've seen, um, if you've seen Jar Moran, I'm sure you have in the, um, in the preseason, he looks yeah. like one of the best guards in the NBA. Like he's really starting to figure it out. Like he's so athletic into the basket and he sets his teammates up really, really well. And yeah, they've got guys who have been contributing. Like I like Dylan Brooks a lot as a, an aggressive scorer. And I love, Brandon Clark, he's one of the most efficient guys in the league. Yeah. And they've still got Val- Valanciunas. If you go and look at Valanciunas' numbers since he's been playing there, he's been pretty dominant when he's on the floor. I can really score. So, yeah, I, you know, I don't expect those teams actually to bump down a lot. I think their wins will be very similar. I think there's a couple of good picks. Yeah. Well, the only worrying thing is, you, obviously, with picking too many overs, not every team's going to get better. But I just think with those those numbers that you see with the lines, it's... I just can't see how how it sort of goes under, and you put him in the in the category of you know that below twenty five wins. It's it's tough for me to see. I, I don't think Luke Walton's a bad coach. I, I I really don't. I just think last year was kind of confusing for Sacramento, and everyone was sort of shocked yeah. by how well Memphis did. So we'll see if they can mm. sort of go ahead and repeat it. But we'll look now to the the championship odds. So this this is where things oh, get yeah. pretty fun. Uh, is there mm-hmm. one that stands out to you for sort of more of a likely lock type pick and then sort of a value one that you, you can see there that I think, uh, you know, people are overlooking? I think, yeah, it gets quite small when you start to think of who do you trust as a team who can actually go all the way, a team you think actually has enough talent and has a superstar who can do it. And I just think for me, out of the teams that are likely the Lakers is still pretty good value at $3.60, but I think you're getting great value out of potentially picking Milwaukee. Like, this, they're up at 6 bucks. I expect them to be number one or two seed. 
And in any matchup in the Eastern Conference, I think they've got the best player. You know, Durant at his very, very best. Yes, he's, he's better than Giannis. But if Giannis can take a little bit more of a jump in his game this year, he could be the best player in the league again. Yeah, no, that's it's hard to go by it. Um, I I kind of have the Lakers. I, I really wanted to pick another team. There's, I really there's still some to. money there. There's still yeah. some money there for the Lakers. It's still a question. Like it's no guarantee. It is no, no guarantee. Of but, not. And that that's reflected in the line, I suppose. There's still some value. Yeah, I I I was so I was so hard on the Clippers last year, Das. I I believed with like even even when they were going into a game seven with Denver, I was like, no, nah, it yeah. doesn't matter. Like whatever, they've blown the past two. Like it still doesn't worry me. And I was just I was shocked how they just laid down. And I've I felt so betrayed. I was so burnt. Basically, anyone <laughs> I knew, I was saying like, put your money on the Clippers. Like this this yeah, is where I we'll see Kawhi go to work and. Uh, it's, so it's hard for me to be all in on a team again, similar to how I was with the Clippers, because I don't want to be burnt like that again. But yeah, I, I can't really go past the Lakers at three bucks sixty. It feels like they've only gotten better. If you just look at Matthews, Schroeder, Harrell, Gasol, yeah, uh, it kind of covers off on the sort of loss of Danny Green, Avery Bradley, Rondo, and it gives more playing time to a guy like Taylor Horton Tucker, who we've seen in the preseason has just exploded he looked really nice did you watch him yesterday against phoenix he looked yeah. really nice yeah Some tough so, move even even with ad and lebron sort of back those first couple games that we saw with taylor horton tucky was kind of it was it was out playing kuzma for the most part he was looking much better than yeah than kyle that's for sure but now with lebron and ad back he still looked very good yesterday he sort of plays within you know, the offense, he doesn't sort of take mm. wild shots. He seems to be very controlled. He knows how to use his length. I mean, I've mentioned it to you before. Seven-one wingspan for a six-four guy is mm. unbelievable. And he, he can get his shot off. Shooter, yeah. I think I've, he was doing some ball handling for them, playing the one in some of their lineups, which with his length makes it a very tall lineup. And he was giving guys buckets. I think hey, he, he's an interesting guy. Yeah, so there's there's Taylor Horton Tucker. I think he'll suddenly become almost the new Caruso, just this sort of secret weapon that mm. the Lakers can throw it on the floor and just let him go to work. And, and people sort of be shocked by how well he played. Uh, but yeah, I think he'll yeah. be a key, key part of the bench unit. And I really like AD to, to just take another step himself. Uh, I think he'll be asked to sort of do a lot of, lot of the work because yeah. LeBron will probably be in cruise control, I'd say, until around Feb. And yeah, I think it just comes back to the fact that similar to you, who do you trust? And it's hard for me to go past the Lakers. I think I was feel pretty stupid for overlooking LeBron last year. So until sort of proven otherwise, I I won't be doing that again. Mm. How about your value pick? It's outside of in Milwaukee. Is anyone in sort of that, you know, $10 plus range that you really like for, for the championship? Well, my heart would put some money on the Mavericks, I think, with if Luka, if Luka could get going. And I think the Blazers are another team like that, if you really believe in Dame, which I think there's a legit chance he could go on, be MVP. And, you know, in a series, there's no one hit more clutch shots than Dame. Yeah. So they're out of 30 bucks, the Blazers. So that's wow. definitely, you know, a, de- a decent punt if you like them. Definitely. But a team that I actually think has the talent to potentially put it together or might just be one transaction away is your boys, Philly. At 20 bucks. I think Simmons and Embiid, that's two all-NBA level studs. Tobias Harris, hopefully, will have a bounce-back year with a coach that he played so well under at the Clippers. 
Yeah. And obviously, they've got some more shooting. I liked watching them the other day. Cork Muzz was really getting into it. I love his range. If they can become a better shooting team, the way that they were shooting in that run that they had when Embiid was injured and Simmons was feeding guys when they had a lot of energy in their lineup, I reckon they can get back to that kind of level. Um, and in a playoff series, you know... We've had that evidence that Philly were only one shot away from going against Milwaukee and then potentially going against a Warriors team that might have been injured in the finals. So I actually think that Philly are a team at 20 bucks. It's it's not without, outside the realm of possibility that they could win the championship. No, yeah, no, look, I, I love that. I appreciate you bringing up Philly a couple of times here, Dust. But yeah, no, it's, it's definitely very positive to see how we've sort of played in the preseason. I know there's a lot of you don't want to take away too much from it, but in the minutes that have sort of seen with the main crew, there is a lot to like there. It is very reminiscent of that 2018, 2019 team with, you know, Reddick, Covington, Sarich. And then when Embiid got injured towards the end of the season, we, we picked up off the waiver wire sort of signed him was uh, Ilyasova and Bellinelli. And they were crucial off, off the Such bench good for, shooters. for just so complimentary of how Ben likes to play that, yeah, we, we did go it was on a so run fun. we won 50-plus games that year. And I think we still lost to Boston anyway in potentially the second mm. round or third round. But Sim- Simmons' first playoffs, yeah. Yeah, Simmons' first playoffs. And this sort of the one game that you could sort of go back to was, uh, I think it could have been game three. Bellinelli hit the buzzer beater from the corner and the confetti went off. And people thought it was to win the game, but it was only to tie it and take things to OT. And I think we ended up losing that game. So, um, yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it, it, bad it is a little bit haunting, but no, I, I'm I'm, of course, just being a Philly guy, very high on their chances this year. I actually don't have them as my value pick. My value picks Miami mm-hmm. at fifteen bucks. I oh, think yeah. even though they lost Crowder, they still bring in Harkless, brought in Avery Bradley. That can't be understated. They drafted Precious Achua out of Memphis. He took the reins mm-hmm. for that team when Wiseman got ruled ineligible. And for yeah, people who don't good. know about Precious, he's think of a taller version of Montrez Harrell. He's Precious is all about energy, effort, heart, outworking you, hustles for so many rebounds. In the game Miami played yesterday against Toronto, Achua came off the bench, played 20, 25 minutes and picked up a double-double very easily. So mm. taking that into account, you then have Tyler Harrow, Duncan Robinson coming into their second years off of final experience Bam's going to continue to grow as he enters his second year as a full-time starter. And if anything, Butler proved that he could be the number one guy on on a finals team. And there's every chance that that Lakers series could have gone seven. If, you know, Dragic didn't get injured, if Bam Adebayo didn't miss a few games. And then Eric Spolster is probably one of the best coaches in the league. I think if people forgot about him, after the the big three era, they're certainly reminded about it now after last year's run, just how good he is. So if there's a team mm. that's sort of capable of getting back to the finals the year after losing it, I definitely think it could be uh, the Heat. How do you feel about Miami? Yeah, I think 15 is a lot for them. Um, the Clippers are down at seven. I don't know what makes people think that the Clippers are necessarily, you know, twice as good as the Heat. That doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, but... Um, yeah, you're right. I think there's no there's no question that the Heat will be better. Like you look at their player development, how they've been able to, you know, improve guys year on year. And you touched on some of their young guys and some of their guys who really performed in the bubble. Um, yeah, I think they've got a lot of confidence. When you have a run like that, like confidence is the main thing. Like these guys know that they can get to that elite level. 
And when it comes to playoffs, they'll already have a little bit of experience in the back pocket. So I think, um, yeah, I think that's a really, really good pick. Now we'll look at awards. We'll start with MVP. For me, I'll, yeah, I'm going to start with likely. A guy who I think (laughs) is probably going to be a lock. And I said to you on the Mavericks pod that my hot take was anyone other than Luca is going to win MVP. And I went yep. back and had a serious look at it, Das, and mm-hmm. that was probably the worst hot take I've ever given out. Um, <laughs> I've, I've gone back and looked at, if not Luca, who? And just by it's process of elimination, I yeah. think with Giannis, there's voter fatigue. I think Harden yeah. won't get it. Everyone hates him now after this offseason. Nah, uh, I can't see LeBron having the games and minutes to be able to get it. And when yeah. LeBron comes back, unless he sort of has a major decline, I can't yeah. see AD getting it just through sort of being an unfortunate teammate of LeBron. Uh, team, yeah. Steph's going to have to probably drop 35 plus every night. The Golden State's going to need to make the playoffs, which could, could happen, happen to be considered. So I think just ruling out those sort of four or five guys that I've mentioned just through process of elimination it probably leaves yeah, us to Luca. Like. Everyone is very much on him after coming. I think he finished fourth last year in the MVP voting. And yeah. he's going to be a guy that can carry the team until Porzingis gets back. The The Dallas roster makes a bit more sense in the backcourt this year. We've, we've mentioned it with just adding Richardson. It'll better complement Luca. And He started really, really well, Richardson. Yeah, they, they have showed, obviously, some great signs against... Uh, Milwaukee in a couple of those preseason games and then uh, against Minnesota the other day. But I think once, if they can sort of get through the schedule and survive it until Zynga comes back, then I think they can push really hard for, who's to say they can't finish one seed, let alone sort of two seed. And I think either or, if if they can get one or two, I probably think that guarantees Luka getting it at $4.50. How do you feel? The usage, the usage yeah. and the stat lines he puts up with the efficiency. Yeah, I think he, everything's built around him and that's so clear. So if we're winning games, it's almost always on the back of his play. Yeah. What about you for, for Locke? Do you, do you agree? Do you have someone different? Uh, I couldn't really get anyone at a lock position. I think you're right. I think like the value for LeBron and AD is quite good, but I think it is tough to choose one of them. Like none of the Warriors, when they had a super team, were able to win MVP. No matter, yeah. They were clearly the best team in the league. They played the best basketball. Durant had probably some of the best basketball lines for a season ever, but he was just not in contention for MVP because it's just, you know, you're on too good a team, too much sharing the ball. I think Luke has got the perfect position for it. Um, I just, yeah, for guys who are locks, I think, yeah, Luke is pretty much the only guy I could really look at and say at 450 that, yeah, you can make some money on that for sure while you can, you know, because as soon as the season starts, he's probably going to have a 30-point triple-double in the first game. So you, you don't want to wait too long to put that one on. But um, my, my flyer is really where I found something that I think is definitely worth the money. Um, we talk about how the Mavs could get rolling and, kind of pop into that top couple of seeds. I think a team who's been in the top two or three seeds in the West for the last three years in Denver, they're a team who, without with relative ease, I watched a game, Portland went and played them yesterday in the Mile High City, and that altitude got to Portland because Denver absolutely killed them. I think they put on 79 points in the first half, and they were up 25, and they were just playing 
fast, ball movement, great style of play. And Jokic looked really thin. He threw down a massive dunk. He was just working Nurkic. I think Jokic is... I love watching him. He's a great player. And he's unquestionably the best player on that team, the most important player. I think him at $34 is a pretty good shout for MVP. Wow. That's... That's a value find for sure, Darcy. You're value hunting on that one. Look, I was going to go Lillard, but I think mm-hmm. we've sort of spoken about that enough. I think people sort of understand if, if Portland can have a good year and Lillard can continue his bubble play, that 18 bucks seems ridiculous. Yeah. I, I think if mm-hmm. he can have a few 40-point games, 50-point games pretty early in December and Jan, I think he'll, he'll pretty quickly push into single digits for those, um, for those odds. But mm-hmm. I want to go Embiid at 26 bucks sort of continuing off of how you feel and how I feel if if Philly can sort of end up really high with high 40s early 50s I think it'll be off the back of of MB dominating he was the most efficient post player in the league last year and that was with the sort of chaotic roster that was assembled around him now this year it emphasizes mm-hmm. shooting he's a guy that people sort of forget and sort of label as being injury prone. And last year he had sort of his best year with regards to that. He, he was yeah. a real sort of warrior for us. He would play back to backs. So it'd be interesting to see how doc handles that because Brett mm. uh, wasn't, wasn't too worried about that. I know Brett people have sort of said he, he deferred to Ben and Joe a lot and, and Embiid is always mm-hmm. a guy that hates to rest and hates to, you know, not play every game. So I think there'll be a little bit of push and pull this season with Doc because Doc sort of got that championship experience and knows what works. But I think if Philly are to reach the heights they they uh, they want to, it's, it's going to be off the back of Embiid, no matter how well Ben plays. Now, this is where it sort of gets tough to us when we look at six men and we'll go to most improved. But starting with six men, mm-hmm. it's it's very hard to have a lock for this one. But is, is there one that's a likely yeah. sort of pick that, that you uh, have been able to see? Well, I think um, I think there's almost a no-brainer to put some money on whoever the sixth man is for Brooklyn. I think um, if they rock Karis LeVert off the bench, then he's I reckon he's one of the best players in the NBA coming off the bench. He's at 21 bucks right now. They've been starting Dinwiddie in the preseason, but yeah. but um, LeVert was was injured, um, or he, I don't know, he's resting or something like that. Yeah. But I think even if Dinwiddie swaps over to the bench and Levert starts, then Dinwiddie becomes a good target for six man of the year. Because, um, yeah, I just think they're a deep team and they're going to do, you know, when he comes on the court, he's going to be playing with Durant or with Irving. So I think, you know, there's a chance for someone to actually score 20 points a game off Brooklyn's bench. Yeah. What, what is, do you know what Dinwiddie's odds are? Just just to check if, if, if you it said it does look likely that... Yeah, okay. So they're kind of basing it's it again off the preseason bucks. that they expect, yeah. ex- probably expect him to start. Yeah. Okay. For me, I'm not really sure about this one, but likely I've kind of based it off how he performed in the bubble and that's Jordan Clarkson. So I think he, he oh, yeah. at seven bucks, he had an enormous impact for that Jazz team coming over from Cleveland. Mm. He averaged 15 and a half points on 46% shooting from the field and 37% yeah. from three. And he was the key to their bench. Uh, in the bubble, in the playoffs especially, gave him a huge spark. Uh, and instant offense. Instant offense, correct. And, and I mean... Doesn't need passes. No, no, no def- definitely not. He's he's not a guy that, that plays within sort of the offense. Just give him the ball and get out of the way. So he'll certainly get his numbers. 
I think if we can sort of bump up those percentages a little bit, that'll obviously go a long way to, to helping his six man of the year resume. Um, if he can get his points up to around 17, 18, I think that puts him in really good stead. I think from the Lou Williams awards of the past, he's yeah. sort of been around those high teens. So I think if he can replicate mm-hmm. that, if Utah, I don't even think Utah have to be a top four seed. I think if Utah can secure a playoff berth at least, which they mm-hmm. should consider um, Bogdanovich is coming back from his wrist injury. He was a big part of their team playing the four and, and the spacing that they sort of were able to execute. Then I do like Clarkson's, uh, Clarkson's chances. Well, I was just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Boyan is a big time player. I really like his game. I think that could potentially eat into what's going on with Clarkson. But having yeah. said that, they don't, have, they don't have any scoring on their bench, Utah. No. They're not a deep team. So I think when he comes on, he's a microwave for them. They need him to score big time and he's proven that he can do that. So I think you're right. That six man of the year really it looks to be someone who can actually crack 20 points a game or someone who can really score consistently. You look at the guys who've been getting, like you said, Lou Will and Schroeder, they were guys who were able to get close to 20 a game. So I think Clarkson's a good shout for that. One guy that I also had in the likely position, I don't want to talk about him again for too much, but if Gallinari comes off the bench, he could get close to 20, he could get close to 20 a game, I'm telling yeah. you. So at 11 bucks, there might be a shout there for six minutes. Yeah, no, the, the Gallup pick is a good one as well, that's for sure. For value, I've gone back to Philly here, and Das, I, I don't want to make it too much of a Philly thing and get biased here, but Shake Milton at 36 bucks, I think. I liked him in the preseason. He looked good. He he was a guy that when Ben got injured last year before the stoppage, Shake had a chance to start nine games and Shake averaged just under 18 points, four assists, and he shot 55% from deep on five attempts a game. So he was a guy that obviously got that starters, those starters reps, got the experience. And one of them, he, he dropped 39 points, hitting seven threes against Doc Rivers Clippers. It wasn't a loss, but he showed out balled out in front of um, the new head coach and Doc has raved about him in the preseason. Doc loves him and, and Doc wants to really empower Shake to be that same guy he was in the starting lineup without Ben, but for the second unit. Yeah. So it's all going to be mm-hmm. on Shake for you know the time that Ben's off the floor. Even when Ben's on the floor, Shake can easily slide to the two spot and, and be that spot shoot. up shooter. Yeah. Mm. Shake, Shake's, Shake's a great player. Um, so I think if Philly are a top four seed, if, if Shake can sort of average around that 15 points in the four or five assists and he can shoot early 40s from three he doesn't have to shoot an absurd number then yeah. i definitely reckon he's in with a shot for sure and i think 36 bucks is is really good value there for uh for a guy like shake milton i had a couple for my flyers yeah i had one that one that i highlighted that i really really like I, i'm not sure that this is that realistic but i really like monte morris the backup point guard for jamal murray Similar to what you said, like he he won't be starting at all, but he'll come off the bench and he's an extremely reliable guy. I know Mike Malone trusts him a lot. He's one of the best assist to turnover ratio guys in the league. And he's starting to get a little bit more going from the scoring. Like he, he had a couple of big games in the playoffs. He was able to score 15 in the game against the Lakers, I think. Um, so I think if they're in one of the higher seeds in the West, he's probably a big part of it coming off the bench. His numbers, I suppose, in a great situation, 15 and six assists, maybe a few rebounds, which is quite a nice line coming off the bench. Um, he's out at 51 bucks. I don't think anyone's talking about him for six man, but I think um, they've got really, I like their bench unit, Denver. I think they've got a lot of depth and he could be the leader of that. 
from a betting perspective, you're trying to find yeah. value, right? You're trying to beat the odds makers. So at 51, that's, that seems way too, way too high. Another tough award. If anyone can pick this, then, you know, Darcy and I this will be you for, for lottery numbers because most improved player, there's so many variables that go into a guy excelling. Um, Brandon Ingram took it out last year. I don't think many yep. people were high on him in that Lakers trade because Not after there was the something blood to do with bl- blood clots. Exactly. So people were worried about mm-hmm. if he'd be able to get on the floor, let alone turn into a 20-point scorer, be the go-to guy. All-star. All-star. So, man, this, this is a tough one. But uh, we'll, we'll get things cracking with you, Darcy, in terms of likely. Where, yep. do you, where do you sort of sit at? Well, I basically everyone in the media, everything I've read is someone is everyone saying, okay, it's Shea Gilgis's turn. It's his turn to be the best player. He's going to turn into an all-star. But for me, I just I just don't see it just yet, especially with the team he's got. A guy who's in a suspect situation but has an amazing opportunity to be the best player on the team or one of the best players on the team is Christian Wood. I think everyone talked about how good signing he was. Anyone who watched him the other day tear it up in the preseason, his versatility, his ability to score. And anyone who plays fantasy basketball, if you see, if you've watched any of the opportunities that he's been good enough to pick up, he's been absolutely dominant, putting up numbers. I think um, he's a guy with just a more expanded opportunity. He had an expanded opportunity for a couple of months with Detroit at the end of last year. And he put up some fat numbers. Like, I really reckon that he could become a 20-point per game scorer. I think he's a really a really interesting pick. Christian Wood at 13 bucks. Yeah, I 13. think he's one of the most likely. Yeah. My likely is I'm going to go Kobe White here. I do think the odds, 14 bucks. I wish they were in the 20s, 30s. I think you could get some serious value if it was in that. But I, I do think people are kind of preempting what I am in terms of now he's starting. No Chris Dunn in his way. They've got a proper coach. The team is will be in their best position to, you know, win the most games they had in the last three, four years. And if you look at sort of the back end of last season, he was putting up, starting to put up some really big numbers in the, you know, 30 points range as well as hitting, you know, five plus threes in a game. So I think with the increase in minutes, I do expect his scoring. He still averaged 13 points last year, but I expect that to jump to pretty solid. At least, you know, 15, 16. His assists were at three. As a starter, playing with better guys around him, it's likely that three can conceivably jump to four or five. And then the three-point percentage as a result of, you know, playing with, with, again, being a starter and playing with better guys around you, you can probably jump it from 35 to 38, which he was at 35. But if you've got Levine next to you, you know, you you do already have Wendell Carter and Markin in there that are, they are threats. And whether you Mm. rate them as, you know, awesome players or not, they, they are someone that the defense needs to worry about. So just due to playing with better guys around you, I think that should just build Kobe White up a little bit more. I think that's a good call. I think he's he's kind of grabbing that starting spot. And I did pick him up in fantasy at the end of last year and he had a couple of huge games for me. Like he's definitely got that raw talent to be able to score the ball, throw a few assists. Like he is fast as lightning. I think, um, yeah, you're right. He's the type of guy and he suits the NBA style. I feel like his game could kind of take off a little bit this year, even if they don't end up winning a lot of games. I could see him putting up some really nice numbers. I think a lot of people like watching him as well. Value pick. Now, yeah, I mentioned him go. earlier um, with sort of my West going Memphis over, but I'm going to Jamarant. Yeah. 
it's going to be yeah. pretty difficult to obviously take another leap given he was unanimous rookie of the year. And could he be all guys, Yeah, I'd go that far. I, I think he could yeah. be. He's, he's so impressive, man. Um, thing was last year, it was just sort of athleticism everywhere and he was just trying to dunk on everyone. And I, mm. I think the one I remember from last year, pretty famous one is he tried to almost jump from the free throw line and dunk it over Kevin Love that he missed in a... Yeah in a game against the Cavs. But if he threw that down, that, that would have been dunk of the year. But coming into his second yeah. year now, I think he's a little bit uh, got a better understanding of how to sort of utilize that athleticism and not to try and, uh, let's say, dunk on everyone. And with no Jaron Jackson to start, there's going to be a lot of responsibility on um, Jar's shoulders. And I think he can, he can do it. He can lead the team. So it's similar to Luca with the MVP. He doesn't have Paul Zingas. And with Morant with mm-hmm. most improved, he doesn't have Jaron Jackson. So there's uh, a real opportunity for him to carry in the early stages. And then when he gets the support back, sort of continue and, and push because uh, similar to what I was saying in, in the season lines, I think there's an opportunity for Memphis to be right there for that play-in conversation again this season. Mm-hmm. I think he, he'll... He can improve quick when I look at his game. You know, a little bit more jump shooting. Guys have to respect him a little bit more. He gets past guys as quick as anyone in the league. And yeah, he's got that like slinky athleticism to dunk, I think. And everyone, I love watching him. That's a big part of it, I think. Big part of like people's fascination with, I guess, most improved is a guy who's really making you watch. Guy you can't take your eyes off. And I think that could be him this year. He's a good shout. What did you say? Is that 21 bucks? 21 bucks, yep. Good, good value. I think when I'm looking at guys, I've gone quite deep in terms of how much money they're up to. Two, two guys that are up to 46 bucks. I think um, Mitchell Robinson's a guy who I really like. Obviously, I don't expect anyone from the Knicks to do anything decent this year. But um, <laughs> Mitch Robinson, if he can stop fouling and stay on the court, his per-minute numbers are insane. Like a double-double is easy for him. He shoots like 70% from the field, all dunks. And he blocks more shots than anyone I've ever seen. Mitchell Robinson, he is crazy. I think, um, yeah, it's, it's probably a big jump for him to be most improved because he doesn't really score the ball a lot. But um, he could have a huge year, I reckon. He, 46 bucks, it might be worth a punt, you know. And my other guy from a long range is DeJounte Murray. I think, um, personally, in the DeJounte Murray versus um, Derek White kind of battle, I, I like Derek White's game a little bit more. But there's no doubt that DeJounte Murray has that upside. He was one of the best in the league in steals last year. In the preseason, he's looked quite good, getting some, getting his scoring numbers up a little bit, dishing out at least five assists a game. So I think um, there's a chance that DeJounte Murray could become, you know, the, you know, the second, third most important player on the Spurs and could pick up his game a little bit and make a drastic improvement. I think people kind of, especially Spurs, people have been hoping for that for about two or three years. So I think there's still a chance. Yeah, with, with the Spurs, I hate that Pop did the timeshare thing uh, last season mm. where, you know, it, w- it would be basically 25 minutes to Murray, 25 minutes to Derek White, and that's how they sort of split it. It's it's kind of like pulling pulling your hair out type stuff when I sort of watch that. I much prefer them to just Murray and White in the backcourt, play DeRozan at the four, um, throw in another wing there, be it this season Devin Vassell or even Keldon Johnson or, or anyone and, and have, you know, Aldridge at the mm. five. But... Um, yeah, the, the only counter I would have that kind of worries me is with the the Mitch Robinson pick. How, how does the Nerlens being there um, worry you? Does it? 
Yeah, it does a little bit just because I like Noah, Noel. I thought he had a really good year last year actually doing some important things for OKC off the bench. He was one of the yeah. best in the league at blocks and steals per minute. He was um, he was awesome. And I guess, God, oh, thank God they've got a different coach because with um, Fizdale, you literally had no idea who they were going to play. Like, it was a complete lottery. Yeah. Like, they had, oh, my God, they had so many different point guards in rotation, so many different forwards. I think it's it is just between those two, and I think Mitchell is obviously the younger of the two. He's probably got a little bit more upside. I think there's a chance that you know Thibodeau might say, "Oh, I really like Noel and just going to play him a lot of the game." But I think that'd be stupid. That'd be a big mistake. I think they need Robinson to play as many minutes as he possibly can to develop his overall game for when they do become good, which hopefully for them is in not too distant future. I think Noel's serious part of their long term future. Yeah, fair. Okay, now we've got two more to tick off on. So, Rookie of the Year and then Defensive Player of the Year. So, firstly, with the young guys, I tried for likely, I tried to look beyond Lamelo. I really wanted to, but the last preseason game just sort of (laughs) solidified it for me. Uh, He'll get the minutes. He'll get the opportunity. He's at $4.33, sorry. Um, yeah, he'll get the opportunity. Yeah. The team's gonna gonna play fast pace. That showcases his best strength of passing. If he can, you know, yeah. be consistent-ish with scoring, I don't think he has to blow blow everyone away with you know twenty points on a regular basis. But if he's averaging somewhere in the mid teens and five or six assists, and if if the Hornets yeah. can you know win 35, 36 games and and sort of make the play in, that obviously helps Lamelo's case. But I still think even if Definitely. the Hornets don't. It's it's hard to look look beyond that. You're on the same sort of thinking. Yeah, for sure. He's a highlight film. Everyone wants to watch him. Definitely. I think um, even the little things that he does that are really awesome will overshadow any kind of problems he has with turnovers or with shooting percentage. Rookies in general don't shoot the ball that well when it comes to when you're looking at their stat line. Who wins Rookie of the Year? It's not you know it's not a perfect stat line. So yeah, he's a guy who'll rack him up. I think the only other guy who has an opportunity to maybe have as much influence on his team as Lamelo might be Killian Hayes. I'm not in love with his game, but he, um, I like lefties. I think he's a little bit smooth with the ball, but he's a guy who's been starting and has the potential to play the whole game for Detroit. So he's a guy, I suppose, if he gets going, he could start to score at a decent level and maybe fight into that conversation for rookie of the year. He's out at 950, which is pretty decent for a guy who's starting. Yeah, absolutely. If you're just looking at on the same sort of wavelength as Lamelo, who get the minutes and who get the opportunity, so now Killian Hayes is is definitely a good shout. Um, how do you feel about mm. a value pick for Rookie of the Year? Value pick, a guy who I thought like who I've I've known to be one of the best guys in this class, but kind of fell off the map at North Carolina is um, Cole Anthony. I think um, with DJ Augustine slipping out of the lineup, and now it's all kind of been thrown to Markel Fultz. I don't expect Fultz to play the whole game. And from what I've seen from Cole Anthony in the preseason, guy's ready for the NBA. Like, he's a combo guard who can play with the ball. Great in the screen and roll. Can definitely shoot. He's made threes in every game that he's played in the preseason. I think there's a chance that, you know, he could carve out a big role for Orlando and potentially start to put up some big numbers. I think um, people were talking about Cole Anthony is definitely as good as Lamelo a year ago. So... I think, you know, at 34 bucks, it's a ridiculous, <laughs> a long way away, really. But I think that that's, might be worth some money. I've tried to look for value. I've looked up and down the list and tried to look into the double digits, Dust, but, but I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. Oh. So I, I settled on James Wiseman at 950. So not exactly the value that you'd kind of be looking for with a pick like this. But I think 
it is just a little bit of a stab in the dark. Would have loved to see him play in the preseason, but I think there's so much to like about his situation. And normally, for the most part, it, it is all about situation with how sort of guys excel. The Warriors culture, you, you, everyone knows about it. Head coach mm. Steve Kerr playing in the front court alongside a guy like Draymond is about as good a situation as you can find yourself in. You're running pick and rolls with a Hall of Famer, one of the best shooters of all time, and Steph Curry, who will just draw so much attention. And you can see how sort of effective a guy like Kevin Looney can be off a pick and roll. And if Wiseman's, you know, 10% better than Looney or even on Looney's level, I think he can get close to pushing for a double-double. Yeah, I think think that's a good idea. I think that's a decent pick, like, Wiseman's definitely got a good chance to get something going there. I think yeah, when you think about, okay, which guy in this class is going to be the best player in five years' time, I think I'd probably be selecting him. You know, he's got that major upside. He's got that, you know, just so we haven't seen him on the floor. That's the only concern. You know, can Willie play a lot of the games this season? I think if he plays a lot of the games, he'll figure it out with Stephen Draymond, like you said, and that could be lethal. You know, that could be a proper playoff team, potentially. Last award. Defensive player of the year. Last one. Um, mm-hmm. Who stands out to you as, as a guy that's likely? This is a little bit sort of easy to pick, but still it's it's one that's, for the most part, um, sometimes hard to predict. I'm not sure how many people had Giannis last year, but he was the guy that, that took out the award as, lo- as well as MVP. So it's, mm-hmm. it is possible to get more than, than, you know, one award out of the list that we've just said based off of, you know, Giannis last year. So, who stands out to you as as a guy for that's likely? I think I think the runner up is big. I think Anthony Davis was as close as you could get to Defensive Player of the Year last year without winning it. Yep. You know the way that he controls the rim with his block shots and you know the versatility that he affords the Lakers is yeah it's unmatched in the league for sure. At three thirty, people know that he's a big chance of winning it. You know, especially if um, the Lakers keep rolling, even with potentially LeBron sitting some games, it'll be on the back of AD just controlling the paint. Um, I think AD is just as likely as Gobert. I think Gobert mm-hmm. is roughly the same price. He's at four bucks. Like everything that Utah does is centered around the fact that Gobert is an elite defender. Absolutely yeah. everything. So I think you can't. You, he was an All-Star last year for the first time. You can't go past him. Um, and I'm not sure this is right on the edge of between a likely player or a long shot at 10 bucks is Embiid. So I think, you know, MVP would almost, if he was able to win MVP, it would almost go hand in hand with Defensive Player of the Year because he does yeah. that. He is kicking the, the hole in the defense that he just plugs the whole time. He's a really physical guy. Like, yeah, Embiid's an absolute stud. I think the only thing that my takeaway is how good defensively Simmons is. Like Simmons is only at fifteen bucks. He is like the best wing defender in the league, close to it at this stage. He could take another jump. That's why I think Philly can be really good. But yeah, I guess Embiid would get Defensive Player of the Year if, if Philly were the number one defensive team. Yeah, I agree with you with Davis from all the points you just mentioned. Three bucks thirty. Uh, obviously, sports bet and the odds makers agree with that as well. And my value pick is is the guy you just mentioned at Simmons at fifteen bucks. Uh, it yeah, cool. does worry me that obviously him and Embiid they can kind of rule each other out. Um, but if you just sort of look at how Ben is as an on-ball defender, he's he's as elite as it gets. He's you know yeah. the best wing defender i think arguably if look if you have a healthy Kawhi playing minutes you obviously put Kawhi up there but ben is is definitely right in that conversation if he's not one he's definitely mm-hmm. two behind Kawhi. he's he's got such a rare combination of quick feet 
active hands, strong body, and it just covers him off from being able to defend so many types of players, no matter what sort of body shape the opposition guy has, how he likes to score. Ben can cover off on a lot of those. And yeah. on top of that, he was the steal. I think if he didn't win it, he was very close to being the steals leader last season. So if you're just looking at numbers yeah. off, the, off the jump, Ben racks up a lot of the steals. And so I think he can definitely mm-hmm. replicate that. He hasn't ever averaged, I think, a block a season. So if he can sort of up those numbers, if he can get to close to a block a game, that, that'll only help. And I sort of yeah. ditto you with the, if, if Philly have a good year, that, that again, um, you know, will only add to, to his, his chance of being able to pick up that award. So Simmons at 15, the only concern is, yeah. as you say, that him and Embiid, do they rule each other out if Philly both have a good year? Um, or does Embiid just, you know, with potentially if he can snag MVP, does, does he rule Ben out of, of getting it, Defensive Player of the Year it, as well? It might, it might sure. just be the fairy tale. Like, Embiid will often say stuff. Like, he'll come into the beginning of the season and be like, I want to be Defensive Player of the Year. You know, like, start that narrative and make it all about him a little bit. Yeah. And Simmons is actually guarding all the tough guys and Embiid's just guarding the centers. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, wow. They, they could, everyone talked about how good their lineup was supposed to be defensively last year, yeah. you know, with the defenders that they bought in. But now that I think their offense is a little bit more open, it's going to be Simmons and MP taking the number one and number two guys. I think it's, it's weird how we haven't really, like the last few years, it's always been a big guy, defensive player of the year. Like whoever is the anchor of the defense, that's what, who the, whoever's making these votes, they're saying, yeah, it's that guy who protects the rim, that guy who controls it from the back. That's the most important guy. But, you know, the best players in the league, the most unguardable players are the twos and the threes, you know, the LeBron, the Kawhis, you know, these unstoppable wing players. And like you said, I think Simmons, you know, you're not going to get much better than that. So we'll wrap things up there. I will actually, after this, go and put out a graphic so people can can see Darcy and my picks before the season kicks off because we've covered off on a lot of things in today's pods and uh darcy and i will have a chat about it as well but we might look to do sort of daily picks as well for a there, for every night we'll, we'll put that out on the socials just as some sort of record bit of a competition between darcy and i we'll be back to potentially review the first few nights of the nba uh later in later next week and if anything sort of happens news wise or any major things we want to talk about potentially do a review of the christmas day games if if we're that blown away by them then we'll be back a lot sooner than uh, later next week. But this has been a lot of fun. I'm definitely going to go look now at putting in some of those bets. So Darcy, this has been a cracker. I've had a lot of fun doing this. Thanks very much. Speak again soon. Me too, mate. Merry Christmas. Hope the family's all well. And let's, let's get into some NBA basketball. Same to you. Thanks, Darcy.